So I, I wanted to carry on talking about our values as a church. We've got them on the front of our leaflets today. I've just put them there for a few weeks just to reinforce what we've been praying through as a leadership team to be our, our values. And I've already talked, and you can find the talks back on, on the YouTube channel, uh, about worship and how worship for us is living lives with Jesus at the centre. Singing is involved, but not the only way we worship God. And the second value was the word. And these are kind of are progressive in this order as we encounter Jesus through worship um, or as we just encounter. If you were to encounter Jesus for the very first time, um, really encounter him, your first reaction might be just to, to bow down and worship him. If you, if you were to see him as he truly is you would just see that he is a being to be worshipped. If you were to see him as he is, you wouldn't see him as we see him in the Gospels. You'd see him as John did in Revelation chapter 1, and you would worship. So the progression then moves on to, well, I, I've encountered Jesus, I want to know him more. And the way we can know him more and know more about his, his life, his teachings, and how that affects us is in his, in his word. And so the second value is, following the Bible as a guidebook to life. Um, Anne has prayed and often prays, actually. Uh, Paul says you, you know a lot about a person when you hear them pray, and, and Anne often prays thanking God for his word. And so that says to me that I can learn from her prayers that Anne is a person of the word. She really uh, is into the word of God, and that is a core value for us as a church. We will not deviate from the teaching of the Bible. Whatever the world does... Um, we're going to stay with the word of God and we believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God. So that's a core value and we felt that was really important as a leadership team to, to hold that up there, nail our colours to the mast in a culture that doesn't always honour the word of God, even in Christian circles. Um, so that's the, th the third one then is, is work. And it's nice they all begin with a work because it's easy to kind of remember and everything, but work is the one that people might kind of misunderstand what we're saying here because I've been in church life since the womb and um, through those experiences in many many churches there are different cultures in each church and I think what's happening here in this room over the weeks is we're developing a culture and it's different from the culture that we were developing in the hall and outside of Sundays there's a culture to the church that you belong to and we believe that um, work is something that is done as a flow out, as an outflowing of um, dwelling in presence with God in worship getting into his word and then through that his work which his, his sorry his word which is like a two-edged sword starts to do things to us so we we allow him to work in us so the first work that is done is the work of salvation and the work of God in us and then we find that he has things for us to do tailor-made things for us to do like stitching a, a robin together or baking a cake or smiling at people on four street or preaching or serving coffee somewhere He's got something for you to do. It might just be being a great husband or great wife. He's got things for you to do. Um, but going back to this thing of I've grown up in church and been in lots of churches, 
I have seen a culture of the, this phrase, we are his hands and his feet, um, used to manipulate people to join a team and serve the programme that the church has already set up. We want to do a reverse of all of that, where let me just outline more clearly what I'm trying to put in reverse, uh, and then I'll get into the word of God um, specifically. The, the thing that we're trying to put in reverse, I think, I'm looking across at Paul because we, we're leaders together trying to move something forward that is perhaps counter to what we've seen in other churches. Certainly I have. I've been in lots of churches. I keep repeating that. Um, and, and the system seems to go like this. The leadership have a, a, some sort of vision or an idea and then they set up a programme and that programme needs teams and then we're recruiting people to church and as we get to know them, we disciple them and we say, and God's got work for you to do. And these are the teams that we need to slot you into. And so the people serve the roles that the, the team have, the leadership team have already set up. Even the little Addie doesn't like that. Yeah, she doesn't even like that idea, does she? No. <laughs> So we've got this system here where we're just trying to fit people into it. Now the reverse of that would be someone comes into the church, they're a new Christian or they've just moved to the area and we get to know them and say, what's your heart? What's your passion? What's God put into you? As you're, as you're in relationship with him and as you're reading his word, what makes, you, what makes you tick? Right, okay, well as leaders it's our job to equip you to be able to serve him in those things rather than, and then maybe a program develops within the church but it's based on what God is doing in you as individuals um, and and as a church coming together and making that making that work so I hope you see that that's kind of a bit of a reverse of some of the things I've experienced in church life um, if that doesn't make sense just um, let's get into the word of God anyway uh, the first thing I wanted to say from the word of God is is that work is not a bad thing um, and that's what <laughs> We, we don't like work very often, you know, we try and get through the, the nine to five or the Monday to Friday or whenever, whatever our working hours are today. Uh, and we, we try and get through or we try and get through work to retirement and um, retirement is the goal. And when I was getting up and going to, to work in a school for years and years and you get up early and you get there, I used to say this um, to people, retire, you, they say youth is wasted on the young, don't they? Youth, I used to say, retirement is wasted on the old. I just want to get off and do stuff, you know. Um, and that's the goal. But the thing is, work isn't a dirty word. It's, it's a four-letter word, but it's not a bad word. And, um, and no, I, I haven't till just now either. So Genesis 1, chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Anne mentioned that in her prayer, that God's a creative God. In the beginning, God created he is a creative god genesis 1:27 says and god made man and woman woman in his image so put the two together god is creative and we are made in his image so we are made to be creative we are made to be productive i love productivity but we can be productive in the wrong things can't we um, but we are designed for productivity we are designed to be creative we are designed to work. In, in fact, if we carry on, I'm struggling to hold the mic and turn the pages, so um, I'm just going to tell you what the scripture says. In Genesis 2, verses 15, and then in 28, God tells 
um, the, the people he's made, Adam and Eve, he, he tells them to be um, fruitful, he tells them to multiply and all that sort of thing. My teenage students used to love the fact that the first commandment was to go and have sex, really. Um, go, the first commandment was go and multiply. They used to love that. Um, there are some other responsibilities too. So we, he, he was told to, he put, he put the man in the garden to tend the garden. So I imagine if, if Adam and Eve hadn't fallen, um, and that was his job, just to tend the garden, he'd have started with some pruning, and then um, he might have learned to chop trees down, and they might have worked out what happens when we, when we season wood, and we can do some stuff with wood, and before long we've, we've got a growing population, and we're building beautiful houses, bridges, and, and doing some incredible things in a perfect unfallen world because it started with you contend the garden and he had a job to do so what I'm trying to say is work isn't a bad thing that was before the fall that Adam was told to tend the garden he was given a job to do he also said to Adam and Eve um, look after the world rule over the fish reign over the fish the birds the tree the, everything in it um, so we were given responsibilities given things to do and that's all before sin so work isn't sinful, work isn't bad, God's creative, and God's got stuff for us to do even today. We're all made different, and we've got different things for us to do. So my key verses today are in Ephesians 2, and I'm just going to put the mic down and find Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. Excuse me a sec. At least I've bookmarked it, so it'll be quicker. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. I've got the NLT here, which is phrased a bit different for those old-timers who know the Bible inside out in the NIV or some other version. It's nice sometimes just to hear it with a, a different, um, different words meaning the same thing. So, um, Ephesians 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So the first thing to know is we don't, when I put work or we put work as a, a key value of the church, we're not talking about salvation by works. It's very clear in scripture that God saved us by grace. Jesus has done all the work. Another thing Anne prayed was God hasn't stopped working. He hasn't stopped working because he, he's done this incredible work of salvation in us. He sent Jesus to die for us so that we could have eternal life. He took the punishment for our sin. He did an incredible work. Somebody else prayed. You said it is finished. Jesus finished a work on the cross. There is a finished work that Jesus did on the cross. So God is still working. He's saving people right now. There's people giving their lives to Christ right now across the world. He is still working. He's doing an incredible work. And it's not by our works. It's not by anything we have done. We can't boast about any of this. It's all his work. So the value is unpacked as letting God work in us and through us. And the first thing you need to do, if you haven't done it before, is to let God work in you a work of salvation to save you from the wretchedness that we all face in our own selves and marvellously save you so that you can have eternal life. So he does a work, but there's more. It's incredible how these verses are stitched together perfectly 
to make, uh, to make this wonderful point that we don't work our way into heaven. We don't work our way into salvation, but we've still got work to do. But it's just the way, the motivation and the reason we're working. So it carries on. No one can boast about it. Verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece, it says here. Other versions say handiwork, is it? For we are God's workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago long ago think about that so we are his workmanship i will let god work in me created for good works in christ that he prepared for us long ago pre-prepared i don't know if you need to say pre before prepared do you he pre-prepared them long ago i think even before you knew jesus he had works planned for you to do and i think he designed you in a way that you could do those works he's not going to ask you to do something that is impossible for you to do if he does that's because he's stretching your faith and he's going to bring other people around to help you and he's going to empower you by the holy spirit to do that so he might ask you to do things that are impossible but the point i'm making right now is that even before you were saved he knew exactly what he had for you to do and some of the skills that you've got are a clue as to what those things are. And it might be some of the things we've already heard about in the meeting earlier, which is really exciting just to hear. So when we have this idea of work as a value and, and, and people who've got damaged by past church experience might kind of shy away from this and think, oh, they're going to shove me into a programme. Uh, that's not what we're about. We're about finding out what's God has got for you to do and it's exciting what what stirs a passion what and, and we want to fan that flame maybe some people have have let a dream die and we just want to well, help that dream come back to life if it's a God dream pray it through with you and check that it's something that's honoring to him and it is the Lord's calling on your life and we just want to help people um, be released to do the things that he's called them to do that's why, oh, hello, that's moved, isn't it? That's why we go for the word work, because he's got some incredible stuff for you to do. So that's really exciting. Well, it is to me anyway. I'm quite excited about it. That's why I'm here and not still teaching in a school, which was his work for me at the time. Um, but he's moved things around, and that was all part of his plan. It's very exciting. A um, couple more scriptures, and, um, and then Paul's going to talk very, uh, well, I don't know how briefly it's going to be, I'm just going to say it's going to be very briefly, um, about one specific work that is being done uh, as people have felt that that's their thing. So a couple more scriptures that I felt was right just to explain this value that we have, and it is, the next one is Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life and sorry, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Now, the reason I picked that is because I want to reiterate this idea that he has works prepared in advance for you to do that are unique. 
And the emphasis I wanted to bring out of this verse is running the race set out for you. Because it's very easy to compare with other people and look at how they're doing something similar to you, uh, but they're doing it differently. Uh, and so you might think you're doing it wrong. Or you might look at other people doing something that seems a bit more spiritual or a bit more exciting or a bit more productive or a bit more money making or whatever it is that you think, well, maybe that's not that, that's a sign I'm not doing it right. You've got to run your race. You have got to run your race. Because if you get in someone else's lane, you might get in their way, but you probably won't because they're probably faster at their lane than you would be. So they're probably way in the distance. You've got to run in your lane because no one else is going to do that. He's placed you around certain people. We've been hearing about it in the meeting already. And he's placed you around certain people that other people don't see. You, you know, you, we've heard it before. We, um, you might be the only version of Jesus that anybody, that certain people see. You know, you might be the only contact with Jesus that certain people have. So you've got your race to run. And it might be less glamorous than someone else's race. Well, they might actually not think it's glamorous, but they, you know, to you, the grass is always greener, isn't it? You think someone else is doing it better, uh, having more fun, uh, having greener grass, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but actually, you've just got to run your race. Run the race marked out for you. If you don't know what it is, just get back to the other values. Get before God in worship. Get to know him. Show him you love him. Tell him you love him. And... Get into his word and before long you'll start to find that there are things that you feel led to do. And, um, and it's an exciting journey. Sometimes it's your whole career that changes. Sometimes it's just um, staying in exactly the same lane. But something shifts like uh, someone offers you a lift share and then suddenly, this, this is from my life, um, Suddenly you're sharing a lift with someone every day and you've got half an hour there, half an hour back on the way to, to, to work or whatever. And suddenly something's changed. You've got a new opportunity to to get to know that person and not to ram Jesus down their throat because you end up in a lay by walking the rest of the way. Um, but just to <laughs> that's not something I learned from personal experience, um, thankfully. God is good. So run your race, run in your lane and it's an exciting journey. The final scripture I wanted to bring is Ephesians 4.16. And then we're done. And my bookmark fell out, so I've got to find... Oh, it just fell there. Very good. All right. Um, so Ephesians 4.16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. So coming back to this church that we are, and it was wonderful. Um, Paul and I were able to meet this week with the other church almost all the other church leaders in Brixham and uh, there's a real sense of unity there and commonality and um, evangelical thrust you know uh, and it's really exciting and that's really good and we are all one church we pray together we share what's going on in our churches uh, and we bring our own packed lunch and um, it's, it's all great but um, when we pray together there's just a sense of unity and we're all one church it's fantastic and so um, it's almost like God's got this big church in Brixham and it's got different rooms with perhaps different styles. But there's this sense that the leadership in all those churches has, has got a, a real evangelical uh, 
uh, emphasis about it. They want to see the word of God honoured and they want to see Jesus lifted high and they want to see people come to know Jesus. And we don't care which church they join as long as they're being discipled and they're, they're growing in, in, in goodness. And it, that's really exciting. But in this particular church, he makes the whole body fit together. There's, there's the need to be part of a local church. There's the need to, to pick, pick a lane, pick a church and, and just get stuck in and, and be part of it and build it up. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Find where you fit. Find where you can feel that you can contribute. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As each part does its bit the whole part grows. So what I'm saying is, if you have got this thing that you feel like you need to do and you're not doing it, then it's not just you and God that's sort of suffering. It's the whole church because he's given you a job for a reason. I had, I had work set for me to do when I started my job as a teacher. Um, before I even started, I spent some time with the head of department who showed me schemes of work, he showed me lesson plans, he showed me resources, he lent me textbooks, and, he, he sh and, and soon I got a timetable. And, um, and that was the work that was set for me to do. It was, it was prepared in advance for me to do. It wasn't that the school thought, oh, um, we've heard about this guy, John Pets, and he's looking a bit like he needs a job, so let's give him a job so he's got something to do, uh, and it'll help him pay the bills as well. God doesn't do that either. He has a work for you to do that contributes to the life of the church. It helps other people be built up. And again, the meeting this morning has demonstrated that. Just a simple act of kindness that somebody's brought a, a testimony about today, it just builds somebody up, you know. And there's two ways of building a church up, though. We can build one another up spiritually by just doing our part, but we can also build the church numerically by doing our part and talking about Jesus to other people. So that's the main thing. I, I just want to say, what are we going to do about this? I would just say, get before God, get into these um, values in that, spend some time with Jesus, worship him, spend some time at his feet, um, and, and get into the word. And you will start to let those things change who you are as a person. And you will start to see a calling to do something that ha perhaps you haven't done before. And it might just be a one-off thing, like um, sometimes people are praying and they, they just have a, a picture of someone they're going to see that day who they've never met. And that they're going to tell them something. And you might have something prophetic to say to somebody. Because prophecy it doesn't have to just happen in this building. So you might just have something that you want to say to someone and, and then you meet that person. Well, that's scary. <laughs> I, I, I saw a picture of this person while I was praying. So it might just be a one-off thing or it might just be a one-off spontaneous moment where you do mention Jesus to somebody or some other random act of kindness. But you've got things to do. And um, we need to understand that until, while we're alive... As long as we're drawing breath, God's got a purpose for us all to do. And so that's why we have this value of work, letting God work in us and through us.